Well, it has been a while, but here I am <laughs> back to do another and um, almost final round of Out of the Best Books. We will be discussing the rise of Skywalker today through the theme of love. I did have a guest planned, but um, that did not work out, so I am going to go ahead and do this on my own. So I actually remember this is actually the first episode that I um, like wrote down what I had thought of. Um, I did it kind of backwards. I wrote all of the notes and the things that I had seen the first, or not the first, I guess this it was the second time that I had seen The Rise of Skywalker in theaters. I really like this movie. Um, it has a lot of problems for me, but there are a lot of things that I feel like I was able to pick out and to um, uh, experience as I looked at this movie through the theme of love. So we'll just dive right into it. So one of the very first things um, that I noticed or that really stuck with me through this whole movie is the the phrase be with me. Um, so not only is it a beautiful phrase, um, I love that it can be asked as like a, almost like a plea for someone to be with you, um, and to stay with you through difficult times. It can also be an invitation to someone, you know, um, why don't you like be with me, stay with me be with me. And I think that the, um, the thing that is important there for me is recognizing that um, there is um, one of the facets of love can be love shared between people and that an invitation um, to have someone to be with you and also a plea for someone to be with you um, can both be really beautiful manifestations of that love. Um, and that's something that I feel like is, I mean, Ray in this chapter of the series really uses it as a mantra and I really appreciate that showing that it is um it's something that we can manifest into the world that it's something that we can um yeah to to use to manifest that type of love and I think that that's really beautiful um so later after um the Millennium Falcon has gone through that whole thing and uh, it pulls up into there and Ray talks about how she needs to go on this quest to find things. Um, and Finn keeps repeating like, yeah, and I'm coming with you. And she's like, no, I have to go alone. Um, and he's like, yeah, alone with friends. And I always think that, I mean, it's obviously something that's used kind of for gags, but I think that that's a really beautiful thing that um, these journeys that people can go through where they are, they have to be gone through alone, kind of in our mindset that it's a, a personal journey. It's a, um, a journey to find yourself that it can still be had and be personal and be intimate, but also with the people that are your friends that you care about and that care about you. Um, so I really love that. And that, of course, after that, they say the we go together. And I think that that's a really beautiful manifestation of love as well, that that going into this, they go together, that they're sort of in my eye, my in my mind, what I imagine is is them sort of locking arms like they're I don't know off to see the wizard. Um, but I think that it's a really beautiful thing. Um, so that kind of encompasses a lot of the love that is a more traditional form of love between, you know, two or more people, this shared thing. Um, but Ray, as she is leaving the advice that 
Leia, who is portrayed by the late Carrie Fisher, um, which could be a whole nother discussion topic, really. I think that it is really beautiful that um, the Rise of Skywalker got a lot of flack and, um, for kind of using this footage from Carrie Fisher and sort of like making a story around that. But I think that it is a really beautiful manifestation of love that they they respected this person enough to be, to build an entire story around her, um, even though it was footage and, and lines and dialogue that um, that was difficult to amass together. I think it's a really respectful and beautiful thing. But anyways, um, I digress. The, the advice that Leia gives to Rey is she says, never be afraid of who you are. And I think that this introduces a different type of love um, that is self-love, that it's something that um, this movie is a lot about embracing who you are and loving who you are and being able to move forward with that. And um, I love this theme of self-love that we're going to see as it continues on through there. Um, the training sequences with Ray, I think, are really fascinating because... Um, uh, so something that I really liked about this movie is that it sort of takes Ray. And um, they kind of show her toying with the darkness that's inside of her. Um, and I think that they show that by her own selfish um, wants overshadowing the needs of others around her, um, which is something that she has always had. I mean, right from the very beginning, she's shown so much empathy to BB-8 about you know, I mean, just even small things like fixing his antenna or whatever. But in the training sequences where she's trying to destroy this training droid and it's really bothering her and she's having all of these little flashes and visions of Kylo Ren and all the stuff that's going on, she shows, she shows a real lack of love for BB-8 and that manifests in this disregard. Like he gets toppled on top, a tree gets toppled on him and, and it's this really um, kind of like intense thing. But um, I think that it's interesting that a lack of love can be shown through disregard and through selfishness. And that um, I think a lot of times when there are instances where there is a gray area or there is a line, um, that there's a, a real... So like obviously we look at the scene where she is showing this lack of, of regard and care for BB-8 and we're like, that's not love. But taking care of herself and loving who she is even though that some people might deem that as selfish or um, like self-centered, that's still a form of love. So I think that's an interesting line to draw that there's a difference between selfishness and like um, a focus on the self, if that makes sense. Um, so I really enjoyed that sort of um, comparison. So um, next they move to Pasana and there's um, a lot of uh, discussion there. That's where we get the first sort of implication that Ray is on this search to figure out who she is when she's not able to provide a family name to this child. Um, and we get introduced to Lando and all of those wonderful things. Um, but eventually they get sucked into the sand pit where there's the sand worm thing. And I'm not going to lie, when I first watched this movie, I was kind of like, what? <laughs> where are we going with this? What is the purpose of it? Um, but something that I really love is that um, Ray talks to BB-8. So Ray heals this worm, and it's this really beautiful thing where she heals the worm, the worm sees that she means the worm no harm, and then is just kind of leaves and also shows them a way out of the caves. Um, and BB-8 kind of makes this weird little query, and basically we're assuming that 
BB-8 is asking Ray, you know, how, how did you do that? And she said, I gave it life from me to it. Um, and I think that what is so special about that is that later, um, when they go into, um, uh, the spaceship of, uh, Ochi, Uchi, I can't remember what the name is. Um, but they find this droid Dio and BB-8 gives Dio part of his life to bring back Dio from the dead. So, um, Ray healed the worm by giving life from her to it, and BB-8 healed the robot Dio from giving life from it or from him to it. And I, I think that it's really interesting that I think um, it displays that that love can be a learned trait. That BB-8 saw that that was a it was a good thing, it was a kind thing, and it was an act of love, and that BB-8 wanted to replicate that. And I think that it's really beautiful. Um, so as we continue on this journey, um, and, um, Ray is continuing to find the clues to everything, um, she gets into some tussles with, uh, Kylo Ren through space and time, which, uh, I always think is a really fascinating idea and concept that this conflict goes beyond just, you know, the clashing of blades, but that it goes through space and time and involves so much more than just whatever. Um, but the thing that I think is so fascinating is that throughout this entire movie, Ray is always the one to draw her lightsaber first, which is a really interesting callback to the very beginnings um, where, uh, you know, Yoda and Qui-Gon Jinn, they're always talking about how, um, you know, like the, the a Jedi uses their powers for defense, never to attack. Um, that they're always um, defending first. And if they have to use their abilities to make sure that things are, are going well, then they do. But um, but that it's always something that they do not initiate. Um, and so I really find it fascinating that in this during this entire time when Rey is in so much conflict of trying to figure out who she is and embrace who she is, that she is the one that is acting, that she is the one that is the uh, on the offensive. And I think that's a really interesting thing to keep in mind. Um so something that I think is also beautiful is that when finally Kylo Ren and um, Ray are chatting and um, he reveals that she is a Palpatine, um, they make, they like lock eyes and he says, you know what you need to do as he's holding his hand out to her. Um, and she responds, I know. And then she jumps. And I think that it's really interesting because, I mean, they've had this conversation before Ray basically has been having all of these really dark impulses. She's been doing all of these things and in a ton of conflict and turmoil. And I feel like with this second offering of Kylo Ren's hand, um, even though later she talks about how it wasn't Kylo Ren's hand being offered first, it was Ben Solo's hand, but we'll get there. Um, but that it could have been really easy to 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 lock hands to accept that offer. But instead she jumps out of the airlock and I think that that really is a beautiful example of self-love, that it's choosing the hard right. That was the correct thing to do. She needed to go and be with her friends to work through this process and figure it all out. And and she needed to choose that hard right. Um, so another thing that we can kind of um, go back to is... Um, uh, wait, no, scratch that. That's not what I want to talk about. Um... So in the way of, um, 
there's just a lot of interesting things as we continue down this journey. So Ray is continuing to, you know, come to terms with this realization for her. She's trying to um, deal with all this conflict inside of her. And I think that we see a comparison between love and desperation. So at this point, Ray does not love herself. She's really, really terrified. And that tariff, that, that terror brings about a lot of desperation. So if you look at how Ray is trying to find the Wayfinder, she is making reckless decisions. She is literally throwing herself from one place to another to try to get this Wayfinder so that she can get um, like the closure and the information that she that she needs. Um, and Kylo Ren is taunting her or saying things to her, and it is it is desperate. And Ray embodies sort of the opposite of love in this this beginning part of of this conflict between the two. She is terrified. She is completely self-centered. There is a lot of selfishness in it. And something that really almost kind of scared me is, so Kylo Ren, in through this whole scene in the Death Star when they are um, beginning this conflict, again, he is not the first one to draw his weapon. There's actually like, like a whole beat, a whole scene where he does not have his weapon drawn yet. And one of the the lines from Ray that actually was super scary to me is the way that she says, give it to me. Like she is so angry and she is so terrified. And I really think that it's um, a super interesting insight into how um, sometimes we're so unwilling to accept ourselves and accept our pasts and what has come before us and after us that that it really incites this fear and this anger when um and that's that's the opposite of love that's not true and speaking of love why do i love kylo ren walking instead of jumping through the water i think it's the coolest thing in the whole world um you know they're doing all these super acrobatic things and and just kind of this um wildly operatic scene of a fight and Ray backflips over this giant wave of water and she's like, ha ha, there's no way he got through that. And he calmly and collectedly walks through an entire wave of water completely drenched with that Red Cross Guard lightsaber blazing through it all. And I just think it is absolutely stunning. Uh, but that's a side note. Um, but they go through this battle and eventually um, it looks as though Ray is about to die. And it is actually... Um, Ben Solo's mother, who the love of who is what reaches Kylo Ren. Um, and I think that it is interesting that um, it is because he is being called by the name of who he truly is. Kylo Ren was sort of this figment that was kind of given to Ben Solo and that he took on and in a lot of ways out of out of pressure and um out of force and his mother who never gave up on him who called out Ben Solo is what um what reached him what made him uh what made him change and what made him um make these choices and i think that that's a really beautiful insight into that sort of relationship um I also think it's interesting that um, during that scene, during that battle, Ray is lost. I, I talked about it a little bit before. She is angry. She is terrified. Um, and it was also the love of a mother that calls her back and reminds her who she really is. Um, because Leia 
is not only reaching out to Ben, but like Ray can feel that too. And that's a part of her, um, her experience. She, I mean, she stabs Kylo Ren and that's really intense and awful. But after that happens, she realizes this is, this is Ben Solo. This is Leia's son. And I just attacked him and she heals him. And I think that that's a really, um, a really beautiful example of how love can remind us of who we are. Um, and I think that it's interesting that Leia's death is also kind of a mirror for what happens uh, eventually at the end of the movie, that there's this idea of a life for a life. Leia's death gives life to Ben, um, and eventually Ben is what gives life to Rey. Um, so I think that's a really interesting thing as well. Um, so there is kind of this concept uh, before The Rise of Skywalker ever came to be. Colin Trevorrow wrote an entire script and got to the point where they had, you know, uh, uh, art that was made for it. And, um, one of the things that they toyed with was the idea of Luke Skywalker haunting Kylo Ren. But in this movie, the thing that haunts Kylo Ren is Ben Solo and his love, specifically the love that he has for his mom and his dad. And I love that there is this whole bond between the three of them that, Han Solo in this quote-unquote force ghost thing that's really just Ben Solo's memories comes and speaks to him and he finally gets to relive the moment. He gets to go back in time and make the correct choice. They they follow the path that they had in The Force Awakens beat for beat, word for word, and finally Ben Solo is able to make the choice that he should have made, that he wanted to make. And I love that his response when he says dad and he's too emotional for words that that Han Solo is able to say, I know, um, that it's this sort of love unspoken. I wish that it was spoken because I think it's important to say what you feel, but I think that that's a beautiful thing. Throughout this thing, um, you know, love is, fear is the opposite of love and Rey is afraid of herself. So to overcome it, she has to love herself. And that's kind of what this whole journey is, um, is the being able to work through all of this stuff together. I hope that all of you are doing well and I'll see you soon.